quiet. Time for start show. Roggle defeat audience. Your move silently and high checks are successful. Good evening, lords and ladies. You have chosen your evening's entertainment quite wisely. You are about to experience the most wondrous spectacle in all of Western Scotalia. I am your host proprietor, Romande Zorvinde, and I welcome you to the 20 sided theater. Dancing lights! Allow me to introduce you to the insufferable bastards. A tiny thief of questionable gender, a master magician of variable size, Thorn the Trixie Pixie. When I catch Vincenzo, he won't know what hit him or from what direction. Thrimlock Lenanian, a blindfolded elf sorcerer with a potato perched upon his shoulder, and his minions, Torea Marsvel an undead paladin, and Sir Gnome, his faithful gnome skeleton valet. Come on, Torea. You too, Sir Gnome, or I'll put you in a maze. Yes, sir. Yes, master. Tad Decent, LLC. Man of action, exterminator of Oakvale. Few words, many arrows. I'll turn Don Vincenzo into a pin cushion. Imanand Shenuda. He is known throughout the Empire as the Weaponsmith, and he serves as president and spokesman of the Shenouda Necromancy Corporation, a mummified human wizard accompanied by his skeletal cat familiar, Bastet. You can always count on the Shenouda Necromancy Corporation. We bring out the best in your dead. The Lady Issa Featherfoot, princess of the Pengonquin, a shape-shifting penguin assassin, Bow before the princess of the mighty Pengonquin, or I'll peck you in the face! And last, but certainly not least, yours truly. The inexplainable Romande Sorfinde, bard in extraordinaire, beloved of millions, light of the breaking uh, dawn. Get on with it. An elven bard of pan-dimensional acclaim. But you already knew that, didn't you? Lords and ladies of my beloved audience, Recline upon your gilded seats, quaff your libations, and thoroughly enjoy your evening at the Twenty-Sided Theatre. And so, in our lives, we dream and play at many things. Yet we have the conceit that only we dream of being other than we are. How many of us have dreamed of knighthood? 
or wielding the eldritch forces, or taking the forms of beasts. And why should not all creation dream so? The goddess Harvane, in all her bounty, would reward the humblest of plants, allowing their afterlives to fulfill their deepest dreams. The heroes of Oakvale and Western Scotalia were like many of us, having never dared to ask, would a potato ever dare to dream of being king? You step through the portal and arrive in Outer Hycon in the Plain of Potatoes. I shall don my cloak of charisma. He's so dreamy! Romande, did one of your groupies follow us through the portal? The spell only transports eight, and we're all here! A bevy of potato body soxers floods toward you, clamoring at the illustrious Romande. How can I have your autograph? Let me have your little fingerlings! What is going on here? Has your monkey been singing your praises since it was plane shifted here? <laughs> Everybody's heard of me, Penguin. I have fans in this and every reality, and probably in most timelines as well. Hmm. Need to look into that. Torreya summons her power amount. Spirit of the swift wind, come to me! Her horse gallops out of his starburst in the distance. Spirit of the Swift Wind floats on the air as it charges, gradually lowering until he alights gently on the grass before his paladin. Potato birds softly chirp their sizzling songs. Do potatoes have a natural predator Not on this plane. Almost everything eats them in every other reality. But here, the potatoes rule the land. Well, we are here to see the Potato King. Indeed we are, my friend. The king of this place is known as Prowtha the Masher. Wait, what happens when potatoes die here? Nobody truly knows, but the prevailing theory is that when a potato dies here, it's born again in another reality, to feed all of creation. Potato heaven lasts for a long time, so long as to feel like an eternity. But all potatoes are kind of like the sap, in that they will eventually rise again. So... Potatoes believe in reincarnation? Uh, something more of a re-in-starch nation. I hate you. The colors on this plane skew suspiciously toward Earth tones. Fluffy yellow-white clouds hover above brown grass and red skin trees. Suddenly, a monstrous howl peals through the glade, and a ponderous shape swings low in the sky. <gasps> Thrimlock! Do your keen elven eyes see what mine do? By the ancient spirits of evil! Baked Potato Dragon, hit the dirt! Romande's unimaginative potato squirrel runs away to hide up a nearby tree. Wait, how is that potato supposed to be a squirrel? It's just a lumpy, bent tuber. I mean, that bit on the end might look like a tail. I told you, it's not an imaginative potato. It wanted to be a squirrel, but it doesn't know much about arms or legs or storing nuts. Just running up and down trees and having a big, bushy tail. Anyway, the dragon is more concerned with you at the moment. Right! Where is this thing? In the sky, about a hundred feet above you. I cast fly! Wait just one minute. Why can the penguin fly? But for the same reason, I have this amazing cloak. Dramatic effect! Can the paladin's horse fly as well? To my knowledge, Spirit of the Swift Wind is landlocked. Kind of stupid magical horses named Spirit of the Swift Wind and can't fly. 
It's a fast horse! It's also a ghost horse. The hulking mass of the red-skinned potato dragon swings down and snaps at the flying penguin, snatching her up in its jaws. The dragon apparently had a very good imagination, at least as far as teeth were involved. No! Get me down! I cast fly on this stupid, not-flying paladin's mount, and I cast a quickened lightning bolt! Watch where you're shooting those things. I cast two lightning bolts of my own. Wait, wait, where did Smith go? Your bear, your bear ran, ran off to poop in the potato woods. This, this distracts your shot, shot. and the and dragon, dragon barrel rolls away from your spells. Well then, I wrecked my cube of force. Now you're shielded from anything that might try to come into your 10-foot radius comfort zone. Fortunately, you're a mummy, so you don't have to worry about running out of air or anything. Wait, wait, wait. Two. Carry the eight by the inverse square of distance. There are there are five of us when there should be six. Where in the names of the gods did Tad go? And here I always thought he was such a decent fellow. He ran toward the tree line the moment you gave your warning for luck. That coward! Torea, take care of that dragon, and I'll lightning bolt! Your lightning bolt soars toward Torea's mace as Spirit of the Swift Wind carries her into the blue toward the potato dragon. She lands her mace squarely above its left eye. Critical hit! <laughs> the dragon's starchy roar wakes Thorn, the Trixie Pixie Sorcerer, from its catnap. Catnap? During a dragon raid. Well, it's not sleeping anymore. It was napping inside Bastet's skull. How dare you defile my special kitty. Uh, is it breakfast already? It smells like hash browns out here. What the whack is that? Oh, I see. Where are Bastet and Thor, by the way? My familiar sits upon the crown of my cadaver collector, as always. Fireball! Away from the mouth! Fireball soars toward the dragon, exploding and dealing massive damage to Issa. Give me a spot check, Thorn. Oh, it's a red-skinned potato dragon. Sorry, Issa. I hate you! A flight of arrows soars out from the nearby thicket. Called shot to the left foreleg. You strike its wrist, elbow, and shoulder in quick succession, disabling its left arm. The dragon growls in pain, grinding its teeth on the flying penguin. Where did those arrows come from? Ted Decent, Limited Liability Corporation. Lawfully elected town exterminator of Oakvale. That'll be 70,000 gold, ma'am. I've already met you! And you knew the job was dangerous when you took it. And why do you have standard paperwork for the extermination of dragons? Uh, a pest is a pest. I've studied up on the environment of this particular plane. Try not to lose any limbs. The crown will just suck them down and try to make roots out of them. How did you figure that out? Did you look at my notes? Uh, like I said, I studied up on this place. Bought a potato regeneration at the last town. I, too, have studied this plane. What? When? I visited the labyrinth of Jareth the Goblin King, which borders on this plane. 
There, I encountered a system of hand roots that made a semblance of faces in a sad attempt to communicate. Issa, would you like the good news or the bad news first? Sigh. The good news, I guess. The bad can't be much worse than a dragon chewing on me. The dragon opens its jaws, freeing you. Yay! And it lets out a 60-foot cone of scalding baked potatoes. Oh, God! I've been burned by yams before. This is not going to be pleasant for us. It won't be pleasant for you. I'm safely in my cube of force. <laughs> the potato dragon baits you all in boiling steam, and then it flies away, leaving Frimlock and Thorn dead in its wake. Well, don't look at me. I'm more of a necromancer than a resurrector. Hmm. Luckily, I was able to talk that potato mendicant out of his walking stick. What good will that do? He didn't know this, but it's really a staff of true resurrection. Why would a potato have one of those? I don't know. Uh, maybe he was some sort of, uh, how do you say, uh, Papa de Papas. I don't remember that. How many charges does it have? It has two. Really? Would I lie to you anyway? Issa, as you hover in the buttery clouds, you see smoke rising over the horizon to the south. From the plumes, you guess that it's a sizable settlement. Hey guys, there's a town. A fat, vaguely torso-shaped potato falls out of the tree adjacent to Tad's, bouncing off the ground. Not my fault. Oh, thank you so much for saving me from that beast again. And what in the name of the mother of weapons are you supposed to be? My name is Kartoffel. I fight him every day. One day I shall destroy that dragon. I really don't understand what you're trying to do here. Slayer Spud. Yeah, my dream was to be a, uh, how do you say, dragon slayer? But now I have learned that you must work your way up to slaying dragons. Oh, this is such hard work. And where exactly did you come by this idea? One day, in the last life, I was flying in Japan, and I heard an amazing story. There was a man called Sigurd who killed a dragon and saved a hamlet. Hearing this, I knew that someday, in this afterlife that the goddess gave me, I would be a dragon slayer myself. This I prayed of Harone, and here I stand. Uh, dear Potato. Yes, and this is Haikon, Potato Heaven. Oh, that explains so much. Well, your heart was in the right place. You just have no concept of what a Slayer looks like, I suppose. Yeah, it is very good to hear you say this. And what is this heart? Well, it's... Uh, it's, it's a male... Dear. Spirit of the swift wind, teach this potato to be a hero! Yeah. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Slight of hand. Uh, to do, do what? what? I'm gonna cast True Strike sneakily. So that Kartoffel has a boost of confidence the next time he tries to slay something. Alright, give me a sleight of hand roll. Despite having 360 degree vision, the slayer in training is completely unaware of you. You're also going to need a weapon of some kind, Kartoffel. 
Probably a magic sword. Because, I mean, regular swords are kind of crap. And you're also going to need a shield. A magic shield, obviously. A sword? That is brilliant! But the only magic sword I know of is the Toppler, and that has been lost for centuries. If only someone could find such a blade. Well, you'll also need a hand if you want to hold it. But what is this hand? What are these? Oh, wait, no, that's a flipper. Do you need any scarabs? Um, thank you, no. They will just eat away at my starchy body. Well, in my opinion, you shouldn't try to be a dragon slayer. You should try to be a beholder. But you got the requisite number of eyes. Gods! I hate you! Why are you looking at me? Because I know that all of these puns are your doing! Somehow! With your barty tongue and such! Perhaps after my next life, I shall become a beholder. Then I could destroy that beast with but a glance! Thank you, my friend, and perhaps you would care to accompany me to the nearby town. What's this town called? Oh, this town is Todd's Isley. God damn it! Enough of this! Quest! Now, go find Theo the Wonder Guard and train under him. Be gone from my sight, Starchling. Brilliant idea! Plane shift! Well, and now that that's done, let's see about that village. After a short journey, the landscape suddenly changes to a desert. You can even discern the line between the desert and the outer plains. Why does the grass end in a perfectly straight line where the sand begins? Like I said, potatoes aren't very imaginative. The only landmarks beyond the grass line are a brown cactus and a cobbled potato road. Following the road for a while, you arrive in Tots Island, the last outpost on the edge of the great desert of Tuberorsis the Blighted. Tuberorsis the who now? Bardic knowledge. Long ago, in the kingdom of Eerland, or some other such ridiculous name, Tuberorsis was a great potato who strove to liberate his people from the bondage of the farmer. Though some stories say that he was merely unwilling to submit to the diggers, and this earned Harvane's displeasure. Who can say but the Blighted One and Harvane themselves? The long and short of it is that he spread a terrible blight of mass suicides amongst his people in an indirect attempt to kill the diggers. We now stand on the edge of Potato Hell, which may in fact be the worst mass murderer in Potato history. So you're telling me that he was some sort of... Potato cult leader? How do you know that? You know, uh, one picks things up here and there. Sure you do. There better not be a half-potato, half-elf running around here somewhere. Perish the thought! Uh, look, the mayor! I am the Lord Mayor to various folk. To our great pleasure, we have so many strangers in our town. Especially such odd-looking ones such as yourselves. I do say, you quite resemble the other guests of our town so recently hosted. Welcome to Tots Isley! <sighs> Good gods. Mayor Balk must, must have, have a decent, decent imagination for a potato, because everything, everything about him positively screams mayor, from the monocle down past his handlebar mustache to the two arms gripping his waistcoat. Do his arms actually do anything? No, they're actually stuck in that position. He spends his days walking around the town, looking important. 
That must be how he became mayor in the first place. Your Lord Mayorship, we seek an individual by the name of Vincenzo. We are told he seeks to negotiate with King Prouda. Ah, yes! But Vincenzo was still here eight days ago. Very polite. He left before sunrise on the third day after he arrived. He watered himself and spread his roots a bit at the Tipsy Tato Tavern. And where would we find this king? He's in the city of Cadavan, in Inner Hikon, which lies beyond the desert. And how long does the crossing take? Hmm. You'll need to roll that way, lengthwise, over 40,000 times over the knobbly bit on your back. That isn't very helpful to us. We don't have that knobbly bit. Where did you say he, um, watered himself again? The Tipsy Tato Tavern. Follow me. I was about to pass that way on my nearly rounds. You pass a startlingly diverse group of buildings on your way to the tavern. Some seem to be gargantuan, hollowed-out potatoes, while others are log cabins built from julienne potato trees. And still more are made of potato stone held together with mashed mortar. Some are thatched with potato stalks, while others have hash brown shoes. No two houses are identical in this village. Wait! I cast Gaius on the mayor before leaving his company. Oh, what for? To force them to learn the Empire's base 10 system of measurement and counting, and to appoint a city planner! I must meet immediately with the Wise Council. But please, enjoy your stay here at the Tipsy Tato Tavern. Uh, Ta-ta. You enter the Tipsy Tato Inn, while two massive potato bouncers give you the eyes. Inside the common room, Spuds drunkenly wobble and roll between the tables and the bar, singing old songs of their proud, deep roots. The bartender loudly grunts before thrusting an appendage toward Torea, Imanand, and Issa. You're undead at the white outside. We don't serve that kind in here. Well, that's just lifeist. What kind of f***ing attitude is that? I flip him the flipper. Can my cadaver collector stay inside? Of course it can. It's not the walking dead. It's dirt and rocks. Dirt and rocks is respectable. Why, I live next to dirt and rocks all my life. Except for the end there, when I was next to those onions and sausages. Screw this. I cast Disguise Self. Where'd that big leathery water potato go? She left. So did I. All right, right, give give me a a bluff bluff check. Oh, my mistake, sir. Come right in. Have a drink on the house. No, thank you. Wait, why did I say thank you? Because you were trying to be charming, like me. Good morrow. I'm the irrefutable Romande Swarfinde, bard in extraordinary. Don't worry, barkeep. We'll keep the collateral damage to a minimum. Mass fascinate! Now that you've settled in at the bar, give me some gather information checks. Tad, you go first. So, Tato, what's your deal? I always dreamed of being drunk, and then I was vodka. Right. Ah, dream fulfilled. I feel slightly sick. Thor, you approach a potato wearing a curled white wig. So, friend Tater, did you see someone pass through here a few days past? 
Brimcat? Eh, the undead have no place in our afterlife, and I won't suffer them in my bar. Who ever heard of an undead plant? You ever heard of an undead plant? No, of course you haven't. It's just against common sense. You wouldn't happen to be Sir Isaac Newton, would you? Ah, so you've heard of me. The Philosopher Potato extends a hand at you because he knows that philosophers always extend their appendages when they encounter someone. Thrimlock approaches the next local. So, Barfly, what's the latest news? Seen the other stranger? Bloke in the act weren't one of us. Oh, he was polite, yeah, but he just sort of looked like... His colour was all wrong, that sort of sickly pink-like. And it's like his insides were all on the outs, yeah? And there was a peel over one of his face eyes and a scar across the other. And the peel on his face talky bit was all moving up and down like, yeah? Kind of like this... Thrimlock lifts a bandana from his neck and covers his mouth and nose. His mouth moved up and down, kind of like this? Exactly like that. Whatever devil sorcery you outsiders muck about with, we won't tolerate none of it here. Oops, sorry about that. I brought another drink. I'd be much obliged. Imanon menacingly approaches one of the bouncers. You... You shall reveal to me all that you know about the stranger in the plumed hat. Yeah, there was a stranger with a sprout on his head, left five or six days ago, looking for a way to enter Hycon. I told him to ask Kenton the sail spud for a way to cross the desert. I don't like the way the bouncers are eyeing me. I increase the radius of my aura of terror. The room darkens and warps around me. Potatoes clamor for the exits, fleeing from the extra-dimensional mummy that's invaded their bar. Within seconds, you're the only ones left in the building. I continue to gather information. Uh, hey you! The potato with the skins hanging off of it. What news? I gather that Tad's Drake wanted to be drunk. And somewhere in this town is a flying carpet salesman. Dang, I thought you looked familiar. Well, that's enough of that. Where is this sales spud? You cross two sections of the town and arrive at Kenton's discount flying carpets. Kenton seems to have a yellow and black checkered suit branded into his peel, and a wide-brimmed white leather hat sits atop his head. Carpets, flying carpets for sale. Ah, customers. Howdy, folks. Now you look like you're in the market for a flying carpet, ain't you? What a hunk of junk. Now, folks, you gotta understand this. All these carpets were dreaming potatoes in their last life, and every last one of them wanted to be a flying carpet instead. And just look at all these models we have. How about this little winner? That's our economy model, ma'am. Very comfortable for short trips to the bazaar, or to the little one's farming recital. Who are you calling ma'am? Farming? Dangful sorry about that. You outlanders don't seem to have the proper gender bits that we tubers do. Quite frankly, it's hard to tell you all apart. Now, come over here to browse our fine selection of sport utility carpets. Quite spacious, and only uses four times the magical energy of the economy model. Guaranteed to fly up the lot. So, you met the other stranger? The one with the floppy hat and the eye patch and the bandana? I don't rightly know what most of them words he just said are, but the covered traveler did come here. I sold him a magic carpet to carry him to Catavan. Excellent. Let's take another look at the economy model, then. 
I'm glad you folks decided to buy a flying carpet. It's quite a noble dream to be a flying carpet, especially for new palms. How could anybody deny this fine carpet the opportunity to fulfill its dearest wish? Now then, this little baby seats three, and it's a steal at 5,000 coins. Coins? What sort of coins? Uh, you know, the little round ones that have a face on them. Sounds great. We'll take three. One for the cadaver collector and two for the rest of us. You know, just go back to sleep in the cat skull. Don't be lazy. You've got wings of your own. Well, yeah, but I don't want to fly that far, especially through some blighted desert. How much will it be, merchant? Uh, this one's a steal at 5,000 coins. What about the other two? Look, folks, I'm going to level with you here. I ain't too good with the whole numbers thing. Could you just do me a favor and buy one carpet at a time? Then you can just come back for the other four. Two. No, Penguin, I count five. Give me a bluff check, Thrimlock. Yes, five carpets. Now I'm just confused. I only have four in stock. It becomes immediately obvious that Kenton cannot count. He has dozens of carpets arrayed around his stall, each hovering two fingers' breadth above the ground. Enough of this! Magic carpets! I demand magic carpets, Fender! All right, all right. I think I figured out the maths. You can have this carpet for 5,000 coins. That's pretty expensive for something that wants to be bought. Well, fine. I'd give him the 5,000 coins. Thank you kindly. Now I can also give you this carpet for 5,000 coins. Fine, here you go. Don't bother to count it. I'm sure it's all there. What What was was in that that bag bag you just handed to him? 3,470 copper pieces. And a few rocks. I think they're rocks, at least. They might be potato bugs, given where they came from. Fair Fair enough, enough, I I guess. guess. And I can now sell you another carpet for 5,000 points. Ah, I'm beginning to see how this works. Here you go, sir. 5,000 coins. Oh, gods. What did you just give me, Imanand? It it was only a bag of holding. Wow, that's uncharacteristically charitable. Filled to the brim with scarabs! Now, let us be gone from this place. But I wanted to see him open the bag. Nobody asked you, Bard. Besides, you didn't fork over any cash for the transportation, so you don't get a vote. Fine. Suggestion... Don't worry, old bean. I'll take those filthy carpets off your, um, roots. Uh, Just hand them all over. And don't worry about counting the contents of this purse until we're gone. It certainly isn't a glove full of scorpions. Thanks, Andre, folks. This is the best sales day I've ever had. And hey, if you're looking to cross the desert, y'all should gird yourselves well. Tuberorsis has been restless of late. The desert is no laughing matter. It shrivels all but the hardiest dreaming potatoes. I don't need to bother with that. No, I suppose you don't. Couldn't get much more shriveled there, could you? Don't mean to pry, but, uh, did you have an accident or something? No. I did this on purpose. Enough gawking at the locals! We have a criminal mastermind to hunt down! As you fly on your carpets, the ashen desert glistens beneath you. The second day of your journey brings you into a dry, cracked expanse. In the distance, clouds of dust obscure the horizon. The sun beats down upon you, and no green thing is to be seen throughout the gray wastes. 
I commune with nature to determine the trajectory of the storm. We prefer to avoid any sandstorm entanglements. As you meditate, listening to the winds of the sand, the voice of nature eventually tells you where the storms are headed. The storms are coming for you. So saith Tuberosus the Blighted. Ah, crap. Tree shape. One green thing is to be seen throughout the gray wastes. Not a bad idea. Stone skin. Those won't help you much. The storm is still at least 20 miles away. I was just doing it to get my fair piece of skin out of the sun for a minute. Fair enough. The rest of the day is uneventful, once the novelty of flying on a magic carpet to see a potato king wears off. That evening, during the third watch, the ground begins to tremble, and your campfire is swallowed by a widening crack in the desert floor. Give me reflex saves against the earthquake. I float undisturbed upon my disc. And I have wings! Dorea, look out! Thrym, why did you just hurl yourself at your paladin and her horse? Well, somebody had to fall over. And at that moment, the air did fill with the fetid trace of moldy tubers, and out of the darkness, a score of moldy potato zombies shambled and rolled towards us, intent upon invading our bodies with their plague-ridden roots. What are you doing? Why, composing my epic, of course. Now, leave the atmosphere to me, Bard. Uh, everyone's a critic. Wait. This is the plane of potatoes, right? Yeah. And potatoes are plants, right? Right. Where are you going with this? Command plants. No, I command this place. Well, it was worth a shot. How dangerous are these potato zombies? Well, potatoes are members of the deadly nightshade family. Oh, right. So, uh, don't eat them. Issa ignores Tad's warning, and she dives at the nearest zombie, beak first. Duck your face, Bard! Peck, peck! Issa soars over Romande's head, diving at the nearest zombie. The spongy innards of this moldy potato soul loudly burst when she pierces its skin, spilling over the desert sands. Now it's your turn to duck, penguin! Six arrows sail through the air, feathering the next rank of blighted zombies, and releasing the malodorous guts of rotting potatoes. Quite glad I don't have to smell things anymore. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, Pixie? Dear gods, I hope so. What is the best way to deal with the undead? Scorching rays! Strands of fire snake through the zombie crowd, igniting several of the wobbling blighting. Despite your valiant efforts, more and more are still climbing from the freshly opened chasm. May the gods damn these potatoes thrice over! Invisibility! They're still coming! Arc of lightning! And another quickened arc of lightning! Get back to your grave, scum! The front ranks flash fry as your spell chains through their bodies. As they fall, the ground trembles and another rank rises. Three of them close on Imminent, passing effortlessly through his cube of force and dogpiling atop the mummified weaponsmith. It is vain to fight them separately. We must band together, bastards! I hear you, Catheran. Imminent, where's your cadaver collector? Yonder. 
amidst the fray. Excellent! Tad! Fire on my mark! What, what are, are you doing, Trimlock? Something super effective! Ice Storm! Now, Tad! Tad's arrows whistle as they approach the column of falling ice. When they arrive, each arrow strikes a hailstone the size of a pig's bladder, shattering the ice and throwing shrapnel in a 50-foot radius around the cadaver collector. The collector breaks a stone from its back and begins volleying the larger hailstones toward the undead harvest. The zombies continue shambling through the ice field, swarming over Torea and the collector. One beast tries to come for the party's casters, but it strays too close to the collector's swinging fists and ends its hellish existence in a moldy mash. Another catches spirit of the swift wind in its grasp, tearing through the mount's holy flesh. Unhand my steed, blighted soul! Holy smite! Critical hit! Ha 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 ha! Torea's flanged warball cleanly removes the offending zombie's head and most of its starchy chest, freeing her mount from the cold grasp of the desert's blighted denizen. A score of the undead potatoes makes its way past the melee, closing in on the party's rear ranks, when a hand the size of a large dog emerges from the crack in the floor. Oh gods, what fresh hell is this? That, my dear penguin, is something very, very bad. I could have told you that. Where did it come from? You dared to cross my desert. Now you shall perish before the aspect of two worlds of the blighted. I think you have your answer now. Oh dear. Do you suppose this is because I tried to command him earlier? The aspect of Tuberorsus focuses its abhorrent and many-eyed gaze directly upon you, Tad. The forty-foot-tall potato hulk crushes four of its minions as it crosses the distance between the two of you. Get these things off of me! Blight! The three undead spuds atop Imanon rot away and dissolve into the desert sands within seconds. Why weren't you doing that all along? I was unsure that it would affect them. The epithet of this place is the Blighted, after all. Quick! Take down the big one! Peck peck! Issa charges the aspect of Tuberorsus, deftly avoiding his counterattack and leaping to strike at the back of his knee. Unfortunately for you, the giant keeps its footing even as rotten black slime oozes from its wounds. <laughs> I hope I don't smell this bad when I'm dead. How many of these things are there? I'm starting to run out of arrows. Oh, shit. Tad loses four arrows that strike true, but as he draws the fifth, his foot slides in rotten potato mash, and he falls to the putrescent ground. Good job chucking those scorching rays, Tad! Uh, yeah. Happy to oblige. And then did the pixie, thorn in the feet of both the seely and unseely courts, bring a glorious new dawn to the desert as far. What, what did, did I, I tell you about, about setting, setting the scene? scene? That's, That's my job. job. <laughs> as if you could do better, I might be able to. <clears throat> As the strands of Thorn's spell reach the aspect of tuberosis, the potato titan ignites like so much kindling. Burning and thrashing in its death throes, it wipes away more of the undead potatoes with one blow than you have felled in the last few minutes. 
hell was that? Eh, I've heard better. Lord! Stop talking to that disembodied voice and help us move the tents before they catch fire. You can fiddle with your words later, but now you need to pull some weight. Ah, <sighs> whatever you say, Lady Featherfoot. And with the aspect of Tuberosus destroyed, the bastards did resume their sleep. <sighs> half, half of you, you don't, don't sleep, and the, the other, other half, half are elves. elves. Uh, the bastards did start over with their trances, prayers, and spell preparation. Although we were not bothered in the intervening hours, we all left the campsite without feeling the tiniest fleck of rest or recuperation. The dangers of Potato Hell and the sweltering heat of the desert did press down upon our minds, just as the great compacting mechanisms of Rabash pressed down daily upon the fields of refuse to the north of the capital city of Veladros' glorious empire. And now the players take their bows, exulting in your delight. Join our further adventures next time at the Twenty-Sided Theater. The Twenty-Sided Theater stars Gabriel Avenante, Chris Klaus, Blake Parker, Carrie Quattro, Kian Quattro, Rory Quattro, and Chris Wong. Written by Rory Quattro and edited by Blake Parker. Sound effects by Acclivity, Axie, Big Kahuna 360, Black Stallion, Bryce Beverlini, Herbert Bolin, Rousseau, Chris Klaus, CMU Sound Design, Kobe 12388, Data Sound Sample, Dolroy, Airdy, Freakman, GGCT UK, Ingudios J1987 Jessabat Joe Bro Joel Audio Just Kidding Casten Frosch Kyles Quandalist Lone Monk Luffy Meowtech M-O-M Lumar, Blake Parker, Plumdy One, Pro Sounder, Kubo Dub, Robin Hood 76, Rutger Mueller, Steven Saldana, Sparncar, Sought After Sound. Soundscalpel.com Stevie Goes 93 The Goliath Timber and Rebag Blue Music by Boosh Broken Cities Chester Minus Minus Circuit Soldiers Lost in Translation Sonic Pendulum Mihai Soroha VCMG 
hand, Sylvius Leopold Weiss. Links to all artists you heard in this episode can be found at 20sidedtheater.com.